Do your feet sweat in work boots? If you struggle with sweaty feet, you need the best-selling Camel City Mill Lightweight Work Sock. You'll have dry, comfortable feet as their sweat-wicking merino wool is 35% better at wicking moisture compared to polyester socks. Plus, a 10-year durability guarantee thanks to their proprietary Ironside Merino Wool and Nylon Fortified Heel and Toe. Your feet won't hurt and recover faster because of the compression in the arch and calf, which helps circulation through a full 14-hour shift. Expect all-day comfort, even with steel-toe boots due to the extra cushion in the toe. These socks are completely USA-made in North Carolina. Order ship within 24 hours, and anything over $50 ships for free. To get your socks today and see how insanely durable these socks actually are, go to CamelCityMill.com and use the code DIESEL15 and get 15% off your first order. Remember, use the code DIESEL15 for 15% off your entire order at CamelCityMill.com. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Sweat and Grime. See, listen, that drop, that that was your cue. You totally oh, botched uh, it. Well, you just roll it. You botched it. But watch this. <laughs> Pretend it, it didn't happen, everyone. Yeah, Pretend it didn't happen. That's the great thing about it, video. Like, like every other episode, you can't wait to start talking. Right. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Sweat and Grime. Air on the mic, supposedly introducing us is Rick the Dick Valco. What's going on, everybody? To my right, we have Matt motherfucking Totten. The man straight across from me is the man with the hot vocals, Mr. Brian. Turn on the furnace. What's going on, everybody? And tonight, uh, the notorious Greg motherfucking Johnson didn't make it. Unfortunately. Because he was at a Hitachi wet convention wet show. Yes. With two T's. Wet. He'll be back next week with some <laughs> anal beads. But yes. on the phone is... <laughs> on the phone, we have Liz. We have not earned the right to call her Lizzie yet. Liz Juarez. Juarez. <laughs> How, How are, are you doing tonight? Juarez. <laughs> Lizzie Juarez. How are you, Lizzie? Liz, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. Well. No, that's fine. Do whatever feels comfortable. I'm really <laughs> open-minded. Well, Liz, now I'm well don't, don't give it. us that option. No, Actually, they just get wild. Just pronounce okay. your last name because you got like an R that just yeah, rolls, rolls like yeah. Rick. Yeah, it's Liz Juarez. If you want to make it easy. <laughs> Love it. And it's Rick the Dick Valco. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, uh, so how are you, Liz? I am really excited to be on a call with you guys, actually. Yeah, thanks for coming on. You know what? We'll double back to this at the end of the podcast. The we'll do kind of a post game and see how you feel she afterwards. Might just fucking hang up on <laughs> okay. us. You yeah. never know. Fuck this show. <laughs> <laughs> so no, uh, I was looking really for. I was looking forward to being on here. So we'll yeah, we're glad now, to have you. Now, how did you come about and stumble across Sweat and Grime, Liz? Yeah, so um, I follow Janine, who's Concrete Diva, and um, Cement recently, Diva. We're gonna we're gonna yeah. mess with her, Cement Diva. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she's gonna like that. Um, but I follow her, and I started getting in contact with all like these different trades because I'm part of the trade myself. And she started, uh, or she had posted that she did an interview with you guys, and from then on, I basically just was like, oh my gosh, and I started listening to your podcast and I enjoyed thoroughly the conversation that you had with her. I thought you guys were hilarious. So I thought I'd uh, just 
throw my hat in the ring and be like, hey, I'm open for an interview if you guys if you guys are down. So well, that's, that's awesome. That's great. Are you single? Are you taken? Are you in a relationship? <laughs> Rick is not, so you can answer yeah, safely. We're not. We, we're both married, but we are pretty we are pretty good at the show of matchmaker. <laughs> I do have a boyfriend, so I am taken. There you Perfect. Go, there you go. You guys that are listening. You're out of luck. <laughs> Rick's bitterly disappointed. At, no, at not Harvard. really. <laughs> not really. I love my wife. <laughs> so what do you do, Liz? So what I do is I'm an instrument mechanic. It's basically um, industrial automation, and I work at a power plant for the city of Los Angeles. And so I work on what we call combustion turbines and steam turbines. That sounds so combustion badass. turbines are like, yeah, they're like jet engine. They're yes. the same thing. It's like GE jet engines. Yes. And then um, steam turbines are like what you would see like on the Queen Mary. And like you have like a condenser and condensate pumps and a boiler and the so boiler boils water and turns a turbine. She can make me a hat. Oh, my gosh. Greg Johnson. <laughs> Mr. Motherfucking Greg Johnson would have <laughs> a rock hard erection right now talking about boilers and steam and pumps. Yeah. yeah, it's it's so fun. One of the things, especially when I first started working and recognizing the equipment, I would take tours to like the Queen Mary or like the battleships just yeah. for fun. And you go in the boiler room and I'm like, oh, my God, those are kind of tape pumps. And <laughs> there's the condenser and you can just I know recognize what this is. everything. <laughs> I know what this is. Yeah. So that was really cool. So now, how far along are you in your journey? You totally in the cut me off. You son of a bitch. Hey, you know what? <laughs> Men first. Um, you're, by really, the way. you're really good you know. at that, Rick. <laughs> yeah. Hey, so I should have been a surgeon. <laughs> so I've been working for 10 years in this trade. Okay. Um, started off from, basically I got, it's a civil service job. So it's the city of Los Angeles. Oh, wow. So I applied and got picked off, off, off of the street, basically, with no prior knowledge. And now I'm currently a job, journey level mechanic. And Wow. I think I'm like one of four mechanics uh, that are women and everybody else is guys. Color so. me shocked. <laughs> <laughs> That's not not traditionally a, a female dominated field. So what is it like being one of four women doing that In job? In all of L.A. That dominates. That dominates that job. Dominatrix. Yeah. What? She's like, um, get over there, bitch, and get my wrench. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, I could. And it's funny because, like, I'm usually very um, calm. So if I say, like, something like that, people look at me in shock. Like, oh, my God, what came out of your mouth? Yeah. But, um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of, it's cool on one hand. And on the other hand, it almost feels a little bit formal because I grew up doing it. Mm -hmm. So it's exciting. I think the biggest thing for me is that, to be honest, like when I first started, I was like, I don't know if I could do this. And then now 10 years later, I'm like, holy shit, I did it. So that was like the biggest payoff. And working with the guys has actually been a lot of fun. Like there's just a lot of coolness that goes into the job and a lot of camaraderie, a lot of like good projects, um, a lot of good like business relationships. So for me, it's truly been a blessing and a fun time. It's like the best thing I could have asked for. So go go into that a little bit because I know for a lot of females getting into any trades oriented position is a very intimidating thing because it's a male dominated yes. field. What what in your mind differentiates uh, a work environment that's hostile, sexist, and all of that versus you just described the exact opposite where like where you've got magical, great camaraderie. Yeah. And what, beautiful. What do day. you think makes the difference there? 
Yeah. So I think right off the bat for me, the biggest lesson that I learned very quickly is for me to leave my ego at the door. So like, don't take things personally. And, you know, it's interesting because like, I think a lot of people think of ego as like an exaggerated sense of self, almost like conceited. But the other thing to that is like, if you look up the definition of ego, it talks about, it says it's the self especially as distinguished from the world and other people. So for me, like what I realized is I had, I was 22, 21 when I started. So I consider that a kid. Mm -hmm. And so um, what I realized with leaving my ego at the door is like, I, I don't know anything. So what people label like good or bad, you know, getting yelled at can be labeled as like a bad thing. But because I'm in this environment, that's like very dangerous. I told myself like, okay, look, I don't know anything, but I'm not going to let my ego get in the way of my safety or other safety or well-being. So whatever happens in there happens. I just want to make sure I do a good job that I'm safe. And what ended up happening is, is that, you know, if somebody yelled at me and was like, no, you're not supposed to do that. I didn't really take it personally anymore because it saved your life for, yeah, it saved my life in the right direction. Yeah, exactly. And so for me, leaving my ego at the door wasn't about good or bad. It was, it was about life and death because we deal with such like dangerous equipment and we work live. We work hot with like a thousand degrees PSI, a thousand degrees Fahrenheit. We have 38 KV um, transformers that we work around and in. And so the thing that the questions that I would ask myself is, am I safe? Uh, Are my coworkers safe? And, you know, let's say I had to, for example, the idea of bad and good also deals with like coworkers. Mm -hmm. So someone can label, you know, Larry down the street. He's a bad worker because he's lazy or slobbish. But truly, like, would I want this coworker to get hurt? And so it it took off that stigma of like, Oh, I have to work with Larry now. Now it's like, okay, let's, let's do the job. Let's be safe about it. And it just didn't make things like so scary and so bad. And so again, like by leaving my ego at the door, it actually created this space for that magicalness that I talked about where like everything people show up differently. Once I showed up differently, if that I, makes sense. I think yeah. you need to travel the U S and do demonstrations and be a motivational <laughs> well, speaker of how to leave your ego at the door in the construction. There's industry. just a big misconception here because you listen to her talk and she actually fully understands walking into the skilled trades, right. what she has to actually do. Most females that walk into the trades, there's a sexist race card that's going on. You know, they're taking it as assault, they're taking it as just word verbiage that's just coming out of people's. Miles, like they're just yelling at them. And really, they're just trying to perform the job. And at the end of the day, men really suck at communicating. So yes. we kind of go upon ourselves of yelling or talking louder or talking over somebody else. So yeah. belittling. How, yeah. how do you how do yeah. you how do you get out some of those words for some of the women to just not be bitches, Liz? <laughs> um, so Let's get like, it out there. Yeah, you know, and it's it's funny that you say that because you know, that's one of my biggest pet peeves. And this is no knock on women. It's just like, I think people get a little bit sidetracked as far as like, oh, they yelled at me and they did this and they take it personal. But Mm -hmm. truly, I, I would, 
I am glad that somebody yelled at me, hey, you know, get off that thing. Because again, it saved my life. And truth be told, I've yelled at apprentices like, no, like, don't do that. Like, what the hell are you doing? Get off that valve. Because if they open that valve, they can, you know, open steam and it can yeah. hurt us. Yep. Yeah. So um, I think like the biggest thing, and, and I don't know, I think Matt, you might've mentioned it in like one of your um, videos about like, you know, you're in apprenticeship mode and there's like a big thing about like neutral neutrality. So whenever there's an experience coming along, it's not, again, it's not about good or bad. It's just like actual feedback and that neutrality allows you to be a little more, a little more flexible and a little bit more like malleable. So you don't take things personally. Yep. And so with that, you know, it's kind of, I'll add this other thing too. So me personally, I'm a little bit rebellious and I just kind of always been that way. So I welcome the underestimating. I welcome Love what it. people deem as like bad. I welcome what people deem as like labels. And I personally, for me, want to shift those perceptions yes. because, you know, walking for me, walking into that trade, people looked at me a certain way. So I think for me personally, when people see me, cause I have like big eyes and I'm five foot one and <laughs> I sound the way I sound and I look the way I look. So when they underestimate me, but then I produce and I don't even have to say anything. I just perform. Yep. Yeah. I think it creates a more dramatic contrast of like, oh shit, she did that. Mm -hmm. So going back to your question of like, I think a lot of people get sidetracked in like verbalizing. I can do it. I can do it. You're not letting me. But it's really just about action. Yeah. And really, for me, it was about like, OK, why am I here? I'm here because I want to make money. I want to be economically independent. It's a great Boom. job with great benefits. That's what I care about. And I want to be able to live and have my arms and legs to enjoy it. So yeah. it, it when when you look at that bigger picture and you're rooted in your why it again, going back to it, it I don't take things as personally and I enjoy devilishly and rebelliously <sighs> underestimate like being underestimated because I can I can change perceptions that way. So what has been some hey, of your hang on a second? No, here. no. God damn it, Liz. I I'm I'm trying so hard to take this the the conventional sweat and grime yeah, route and crack a bunch working. of fucking jokes, it's, but you have so fucking you have elevated the fucking show to where I feel totally inappropriate <laughs> cracking a joke. Well, Liz, Liz gets all the complicated short short so We're going to back damn, up like, and start the show over. We're going to do the blue collar narrative. There was so much to unpack this is where in what she just said. Yeah. And I'm yeah. just like, there's a joke I wanted to crack, but there's 14 follow-up questions I need to ask. Yeah. I don't have time for jokes, goddammit. Yep. <laughs> she carries a stepladder yeah. around nonstop. Yeah, what I the do, fuck? yeah. It's, it's, She's been my, prepping I for have this. a toolbox that is a stepladder. So That's awesome. Cool one. <laughs> now, with this being such a male-dominated world in the construction industry, what's been some of your struggles and headaches trying to break in and accomplish a task? Um, break in and accomplish a task. You mean physically or like any of uh, you know? What, what's been your biggest hurdle? Yeah, would hurdle you say? going forward in your your career. Oh, um, I think the biggest hurdle for me, um, there's a lot. Like I know I speak the way I do, but that's like ten years later. So, yeah. um, <laughs> like I'm not gonna lie. Like the trade was freaking hard. Um, I think the biggest hurdle was 
a couple things. First of all, it's scary. Like it was a scary environment. It still is. It's very dangerous. So there's a lot of fear and like management of that fear. Well, that was one of my comments earlier is you've got bigger balls than anyone on this show and you're the female (laughs) on the show. (laughs) Well, thank you. (laughs) Yeah, we all kind of sunk back into our seats. (laughs) What are you packing? Kilovolts and steam. and Yeah, sweet Jesus. She's dragging some lead around, boys. That's right. (laughs) Tucks her into her sock. Doom. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's, you know, I, I personally, there was a part of me that didn't think I could do it. And I think the other part was the hardest part was, I think, the temptation and the need to prove myself. So, yeah, when I when I first got into the trades, so the way I realized it was with my dad. My dad is actually like he was working there before I came in. And one of the things he told me the very beginning, he told me two things. He's like, first, you can't be a cream puff if you take this job. And I'm like, okay. And I didn't know what that meant at the time. <laughs> what and does that mean? Okay, dad, I don't have a clue what you just said. <laughs> well, I think what I interpreted it to be was like, you can't be weak. He's like, you can't be weak. You can't cry. You can't show emotion. Yeah. I think and you're so- only a cream puff once in your life. You think yeah. so? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I mean I would argue that I'm I still have the tendency to be a cream puff, but now I embrace it instead of shy away from it. So but you're like a, a yeah. deep fried Twinkie at this point. You've yeah. got that hard crusty <laughs> shell. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm soft in the middle. <laughs> Pretty much. So he he told me that and he told me that he's like, Look, when you when I did get the job, because I didn't think I could do it, but when I did get the job, he's like, Look, when you go in there. First of all, I was sick. So he's like, you're going to take meds and you're going to go in there and you're going to soldier up. And he's like, the first like impressions matter. And he said, they're already looking at you from negative. They're already looking at you like you can't do it, that they're going to have to carry your load. They're already looking at you uh, in a resentful way. So you're not only going to have to get to baseline, then from there, you're going to have to work yourself up. Ooh, Pops so, gave you some some serious yeah. wisdom. He set That's you awesome. up for success. He, that is awesome. And the funny thing is, is that like, you know, I've, I've told this to other people and people would be appalled. Like, oh, how dare he tell you that? Like, they don't think that you can do it. And, you know, you shouldn't even be that way. You shouldn't start from negative. But. The truth is, it Those is your feminist friends. Yeah, <laughs> well, you know, that's where I go. There's an ideal world. And in an ideal mm-hmm. world, the trades are this happy, special place. We have baby bunnies bouncing powder, around. Powder puff land. There's yeah. there's yeah. rainbows overhead as you're working on your industrial gas turbine. But that's not what the trades actually are. You have no. to accept what the trades actually are Brian's in the current world. state. Yes. Well, that's where that's what I'm working towards with my fucked up pride mug is we're working towards the rainbows. But but we're not there yet, Rick. And so we will continue to mold like we did the pride mug. Brian, I don't ever think you and I are going to be in the same route on a pride mug. I, you know what? And, and that's you know. why I always say. This is something that's going Rick to happen over generations. Rick, you're right. That's a great analogy, Rick. You are the broken mug. We will <laughs> we will tear you down and rebuild you with rainbows and what pride. the fuck? Would, what did he? Oh, it's this only is, gay if you tell, and you're fucking squawking right awesome. now. <laughs> JB Weld. What JB Weld? That's yeah. right. We're going to rebuild you with JB Weld, just like this pride mug, and you'll have a rainbow over your head, Rick. I will JB Weld my holes, my man. <laughs> That's all I gotta say. Now, Liz, is your is your significant other in the trades? He's a he's a contractor, so yes, he is. So, what does he do specifically? Um, he he um, 
he's a jack of all trades, but he builds houses. So okay. he's done different things, but like lots of framing work. Um, he's done specifically framing, but he's done other stuff too. He all started right. when he was really young. So talk, let's talk about that for a second. That makes two people in the household that are in trades related jobs. Now, Yours is probably a little more normal hours just because you're working for the city. I would assume you don't have quite the crazy schedule that some of the other trades related professions do. Or am I wrong there? Um, so that's the good thing. Um, it depends. So you go through phases. Uh, when I first started out, part of the whole, like the company has its own apprenticeship program, which All is right. how I made it. Mm -hmm. So when you first start out, you do have to do rotating shifts. So I did that for about like two years or so. Okay. Um, and I can understand the very odd hours, but yes, now it's, it's much better. Um, I work like a nine eighty schedule. So that's like six in the morning till three 30 in the afternoon. Oh, that ain't bad. Yeah, That's it's really, it's really good, and there's OT and stuff too. So I'm all about that schedule. Yeah, yeah. Now, how many hours are you on the road in the traffic? Um, the traffic <laughs> is probably 30 minutes in the morning and 45 minutes coming home. That's it. That's, day, that's which not too shabby. Where, is pretty good. Where do you live? Um, I'm in Los Angeles. What? Like yeah, I was gonna say, oh, 30 minutes. I thought like you sit. You know, yeah, yeah. I thought, that was like a, like I thought it was hours. three days to yeah. get home, and <laughs> she's out there. She's out there on her moped. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, between I, the mean, cars. I wish. I mean, I don't know. I thought about like getting a motorcycle and everything, but I was like, nah, it's okay. <laughs> I, yeah. I don't have to. Gonna be one of those lanes. Think works unsafe. Get on a motorcycle in LA. Yeah. No, Fuck that. Yeah, no, it's a little dangerous. Like, how dangerous? It's a lot dangerous. I saw actually like an accident where um, I was in the number one lane next to the carpool lane. And a motorcyclist was speeding down and a car decided to like merge, but he didn't merge all the way. The motorcyclist got scared. And you know how like when you're going fast on a motorcycle, it's like the wheel does the opposite thing. Mm -hmm. So you want to turn one way, but you have to turn the opposite. Yep. So the motorcyclist got scared and instantly thought of like turning oh. where he wanted to go, which caused him to slam into the car Do worse than what, and yeah. just like lay there. So that was brutal. Well, he was yeah. a beginner. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. So I, I was like, oh, it's a good call that I didn't do it. So how is, sorry, I didn't, this is a terrible segue back to, to where I was going with my original question, <laughs> but it is what it is. So how does, uh, scheduling wise, how does that work with your boyfriend? How often do you guys get to see each other with you guys both being in the trades? Um, we get to see each other pretty like regularly. I mean, you know, we we do it when we can, not in that way, but we see each other when <laughs> it's we can. It's all about time management. Wow, for so the... you guys are like an in and out <laughs> kind of couple. Yeah, you you really took that to yeah. the sweat and grime level. I was just asking about how often you see each other. Yeah, but... you guys are straight up talking about fucking. No, no, we no, do no, it no. when we can. All right. So Rick, you still don't have language. a chance. I don't need a chance. <laughs> <laughs> Our audience doesn't have a chance. <laughs> She's always on the go. Yeah, so, I'm usually on the go. <laughs> you mentioned your dad got you mm -hmm. into this. Is he in the exact same trade, exact same profession that you are, or was he in a related profession and then you kind of got into what you're doing? No, so he's in a related profession. So the way like it works in our like in the utilities industry is when you first there's three things. You can be an operator, which is driving the jet engines or the steamers. You can be a, a maintenance mechanic. Those guys are the ones that do like pump overhaul and like heavy duty stuff. They work with chemicals, which I did for about six months. 
And then there's instrument mechanic, which is like, again, industrial automation. So all like, I call it like the nervous system of the unit because it's all the controls and things like that. So my dad was an operator um, all the way throughout his career. And he was the one that guided me to, he's like, look, you don't really want rotating shifts, especially if you want to start a family and all that. Like you kind of want a little more, um, uh, what is it? Like stable stuff. So the instrument is actually kind of cool too, because it's automation. So that's another perk of the job is that I can take this skill anywhere. Like with all the stuff that we learned. So it's like social economic independence too, which is another bonus. Man, yet again, you are like, to the, elevate the fucking show. Like we're, yeah. we're used to talking about farts and dicks, and you're and talking you're just, about socioeconomic status. Yes, yeah, you're a whole God. other level. I don't, I don't even think brilliant. we have this kind of shit in Michigan. Like I don't. Well, we got snow blowers and lawnmowers. Yeah, yeah. So uh, and ice jet <laughs> melting fuck, machines. Yeah. I totally lost my question now because it was like three levels lower than the tier that you're talking about. It's all right. It's all right. So. So, quantum oh, physics is next. Uh, yeah. So, so what is your take on on the Big Bang Theory and how fast the universe is expanding? Dude, I mean, I can get into that, too. Like, I just think All right, let's roll with it. Let's, let's do roll. This. Yeah, let's yeah. fucking go deep. <laughs> fucking A. We got a nerd. I love it. I am a huge nerd, yes. So yes, do you I nerd out on space stuff? Cool. I love space. Like, I think science is Star real. Wars kind of cool. fucking girl, ain't she? Oh, fuck. Oh, real I mean, space like lightsabers and shit. Like, like the James <laughs> Webb Telescope was incredible. Like quantum physics, and yeah. All that yeah. And... I just said that. Yeah. It's fucking nuts. <laughs> so uh, the Big Bang, the... <laughs> not that bang. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. We're talking about the universe, the not what happens in your bedroom. Right? <laughs> well, so like what was interesting for too about it. like the space and everything. I saw this one like instagram post where they talked about like the solar system and you know how like the conventional model is like the sun and the the planets rotate around the sun in like a disc form yep but i guess apparently like that's not how it works it's it's more 3d like a corkscrew where like the sun is moving forward and like the planets are moving around the sun, trailing, but it's almost like a spiral. So Interesting. What? I started tripping out because I was like, oh, my God, like we're literally never in the same place and time in space ever. You like, see what happens when moving. you get way so too much here fucking we go. sun. I, here we go. This is this is where we're going to go. I've been fucking... helping my, my girlfriend's daughter with her her astrology homework. And I'm like, I did not. No, even astronomy. This. Astronomy. astronomy. What astrology is I, yeah, no. Sagitta- yes. Are you a Sagittarius? No. So, Matt's got, got a fucking my brain point. Is <laughs> and my mind's blown. Yeah. See, I wasn't very good at helping with her homework. She's like, why are you talking about Saturn is in retrograde, I just give her no mood. Supernova's in... Big red giants and stuff. <laughs> so I, here's where here's where I go super nerd out. Like the vastness of space, right? Where mm-hmm. we've totally lost our audience, but I don't give a fuck. So the vastness of space. I was learning more about the uh, the Mars rover that we've got out there. Yeah. So the way we landed on Mars, it had to be totally automated because the vastness of space. Mars is the next planet over. So it's not like we skipped two or three planets. Yeah, It's literally the next door neighbor, but it's still so far away that it takes a signal eight minutes to go from Earth to Mars 
and then eight minutes to come to back, back from Mars. Yep. Wow. And so we had to create, and by the way, the way they fucking did this is incredible. I'm going to go ask directions to our next huge embarrassing failure. You know what? <laughs> Just roll with it, Rick. God damn it. This is fucking awesome. So what we did is we created this thing, came into the atmosphere of Mars, and then what it did is it, this this sky crane that we created mm -hmm. with fucking rockets dropped the rover mm -hmm. down about 100 feet below it. It then comes down, and it gently sets the rover down, but it's a fucking crane, so it's hovering above the surface while it sets the rover down, and then the sky crane releases the rover, and then so that it doesn't crash into the rover, it now has to go someplace else. So it jettisons itself someplace away else. Away from it. Yeah. Away from it. Now, all of that happened automatically because we can't talk to it. All right, yep. And when the guys in NASA were seeing on their screen. And found out it worked. Well, no. The beautiful thing is when they on their screens were seeing, oh, we've entered the atmosphere. In reality, the rover had already either already blown up. Or already was on the surface. And then your shrooms wore off. And they, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, that's where I go. Yeah, right? once I come down from my joint, I'm like, wow, that was a fucking trip. <laughs> I'm, I'm ready for the car wash right but like, now. That's, like, that is the crazy shit that people get into. Like, when you start going into space, like the James Webb telescope, like yeah. the crazy shit that we're seeing from it, it's like, holy fuck, this is incredible. Mm-hmm. You know I what? Dude? I can go deep down. I'll go deep down in the nerd wormhole with you, Liz. I'm with you. Rick's over here just just you know, it, well, we've here, lost here. him. I got I got a good question for you, Hippie. Okay. I'm with you. Do you believe there's multiple universes? <laughs> uni yeah. Universes. Rick and I are I the same trying, uh, brain I was trying wave. to roll. So do you R. believe that there are multiple yeah. univoices? With <laughs> other human or other living no. things. No. There's no evidence of multiple universes. Are you now? Now we can go down the quantum theory of there are multiple, there are multiple life forms, dimensions, multiple timelines, like infinite timelines. Like in well, one timeline, in like one. we're still we're still chasing the like, dinosaurs. Like in one timeline, <laughs> we might be chasing the dinosaurs. In another timeline, it's the exact same, except you're a world class ballet dancer. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> like that. I don't think there's multiple. That's, a, that's the sort that's of shit. Actually, like his next go smoke goal. a joint and really start imagining if there were infinite parallel universes <laughs> where every single second of every single moment I think I had to do could be spinoffs. You could smoke a joint and really, really let yourself go down this path because then there is a universe out there where Rick is a world class ballet star. And, and we're still doing the fucking sweat and grind podcast. Why don't you let me go try my <laughs> avenue as being a stripper and see how much money I make before I go try That's to be That's another alternate a universe. It's already it's out already there, It's already happening, Rick. dude. Oh, it's already Fuck, happening. There's an alternate yeah. universe where the four of us fucking hosts are on a Chippendale stage raking in the bucks with six packs. Like, think about that. <laughs> That's not working right now. Maybe well, it's like part of the storyline where like Rick's a ballerina and he's like, this world isn't for me. And then he turns to like stripping. Oh, uh, this world is oh straight magic Mike. Magic Mike. Ballerina gone wild. <laughs> yeah. It's like the cutting edge when the, the NHL hockey player gets hurt and becomes a freaking uh, figure skater. Hey, yeah. hey, you know what? We'll, we'll go one more. In the ballet world, you're still known as Rick the Dick Valco because of the size of the bulge. <laughs> That's in right. Those always there. Yeah. The niche. <laughs> so, if you ever notice, something never changes. Oh, you know what I mean? I, I like, would say hey, a lot has well, changed. <laughs> you know what I mean? But like, have you ever watched Winnie the Pooh and Jungle Book? 
<laughs> have you watched? Well, them? not not together, but <laughs> independently. Yes. Okay, yes. so you watch them both. Yes. Have you noticed that it never changes? What do you mean it never changes? If <laughs> oh, that was sorry. We've got mouse traps flying <laughs> so, across the so studio. Bad. If if you've noticed, if you ever watch them side by side or top on bottom, you're talking the background scenery. The background scenery it never changes. But that's that's just. That's an easily easily no. explained phenomenon that they used the same fucking background scenery. We're talking about infinite universes. No. It, the background's not going to change. <laughs> like you might be in a fucking spaceship, but you're still going to Myers. <laughs> you know what I mean? You've totally lost me. Did you smoke a joint before this oh podcast? <laughs> what was it, that coffee you drank, bro? <laughs> right, he's got a little. Greg's, Greg's got his fucking coffee around here. Laced. Greg, Greg laced it with acid or something. Rick's over here tripping about Winnie the Pooh. So, Liz, I am genuinely curious, and I don't want you mm-hmm. to give away any information that's not appropriate. But Sorry. is there good money in what you're doing? Oh, one hundred percent. Um. I can tell you because they list our, because I'm civil service, um, they list our pay online. It's part of the law here. Perfect. So, oh, so we can I'm go see like, what you make. <laughs> you could, yeah, you could see what the people, what the people for the, I guess civil servants, um, what they make. So mine is around um, like 111 a year. 111. Dang. Oh, yeah, but okay. How much does it fucking cost to live in crazy ass California? Well, that's true. It's, I mean, it's hella expensive, like super, super expensive. But yeah. I mean, did you like, hear it? Did you hella. hear it? Hella? hella, hella. I know. Hella <laughs> that's that's hella. California. Hella. There is hella <laughs> pressure <laughs> behind <laughs> that fucking valve. She just, she just had the fingers it. up like this, dude. <laughs> but um, that's like Groovy. the that's like the newer the newer version. But um, yeah, it's. I mean, it is expensive, but at the same time, like I think that's what makes the trade so awesome, and why I'm so passionate about it is that. I, I bought I was able to buy a house in 2019. Wow. And so when we first start like entry level, it's like 25 bucks an hour. Wow. And at the time I was making I was going to college. I was I had like two jobs. Each job was making eight dollars an hour. Oh. And like I was working my butt off and I was Living like, in what in the city. world? <laughs> yeah, exactly. What were you going and, to college for? Um, I was going for business administration because I, I thought I wanted to do business, which I still do, but college was just not the route for me. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you guys like mentioned it too, where one of the things I wish I could have done differently, but I didn't know is people in high school, I think. So growing up in high school, like I was in honors and graduated with <laughs> high GPA. And so the counselors and the teachers were always like, oh, go to go to Harvard. You know, you're too you smart to yeah. be in the trades. Yes. And so trades was like for the bad kids. It was for the dropouts. And so for me, I didn't know any better. And I was like, well, I guess this is where I'm supposed to be. And Rick, that doesn't even things- apply. <laughs> Rick is just <laughs> randomly is- firing off sound effects. I'm sorry, Liz. <laughs> no, that's okay. um, one of the things that like when that was very apparent when I first got to the trades was like, holy shit. Like these guys are some of the smartest people. There's some smart motherfuckers in the trades. Yeah. Yeah. They're keeping the city alive. Yeah. Yes. Like they're powering it. You don't even question like when you plug in your iPhone or whatever, you turn on your light, like the power is always on and they're so smart. And so that goes back to like the whole rebellious nature, because when I was in school, it was like, the classes were detached. The professor was teaching from a book that was made in 19 whatever. And like, it just didn't make sense for the changing world. And so 
when my dad, he was actually showing his paycheck to my brother. And uh, I was like, can I look at this? And he yeah. was like, I was like, sign me up. Like, where do I sign? And so that you made a lot excited. of sense. Yeah, because yeah, I, I it was like I'm working so hard for these grades, but it's not connecting and it's not making sense because things seem so outdated. Yep. I, I would rather like work my butt off and get paid and train doing it. So that was my dad was like, if you do this, you know, you can't be a cream puff. But um, <laughs> and, it, you know, going back to like, I think what you guys had mentioned of like, you know, a lot of people would, you know, what you would say would take they would basically be appalled at like what my dad said, but truly he was like setting the expectation. And I think another interesting point is like that I learned is that you're talking about, you know, the trade becoming rainbows and unicorns. And I, I mean, I like rainbows and unicorns, oh, we all but, do. The, yeah. but the thing is, is that, uh, you, the beauty about it is that by changing perception in real time, based on me performing and delivering that is in fact changing the industry right then and there. 100%. Like, and so with that over time is when you're going to start seeing the industry change and be more accommodating, but it's kind of a little bit for me, a, a loss of energy. If you're trying to fight it with words and be like, well, I'm worthy. Just, you know, don't, Another thing that I was told was never say more than you have to, if that. So it really put the emphasis on showing by acting. And that I think, I think guys can resonate with that. And I think on just the business level, that's where it's at is like perform. Don't, don't do it. Just per, don't speak it, perform, perform it. And show let your it, performance. It. Yeah. Let your actions do the talking. Correct. So, so th that's something that, that has been <clears throat> consistent my entire time in the trades is the, the loudest yeah, that's right. I overtalked you, motherfucker. Yeah, I'm getting you back. You beat Rick. But no, it's uh, it's one of those things that it's always the loudest, most blowhearted people in the industry. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. That are the least performing, laziest people you run across. 100%. Well, and and so a lot of the people that are trying to change the industry aren't even in the industry. Yeah. Way to go, you know, Dick Totten. They're... <laughs> Do I, do I do it to you again? Yeah, he just yeah. over. Yeah, we're, we're sorry, hey, Liz. Next, we're next, sorry. Next. Just cut tag, him off. Tag it. You're in. You're in. <laughs> but that, that's Wait. what I'm seeing is that there's people that aren't even in the, in the industry that are trying to change what the industry is, the standards, the bring unicorns and everything to it, but they're not really in it, you know? So it mm -hmm. takes the people that are in it, like you, us, to change it from the inside out for the better. I think. Yeah, I think to that point, you know, it's, I see it everywhere, though, because we have this. I think women in the workforce is great. I think women in the trades is great. I think we bring a different perspective. I think we bring innovation. Um, but really, like, I see this on all different ass sectors, not just like the utilities industry, but a lot of the times, like, you know, they have the idea of like women get paid 75 cents to a man's dollar. And I kind of, you know, not to be callous about it but i kind of roll my eyes because it's like guys the amount of time that we're spending talking about this let's just do it and perform and if you have to get paid 75 cents to a man's dollar in the meantime like it doesn't mean it's going to be forever yep. not to mention like, that's not even the full truth we made up your own currency you get paid in woman dollars so you can't even like <laughs> come on now yeah well and that's another <laughs> point too is that like so the beauty about um civil service is that we do get paid 
the exact same, which is yeah. everything is government. Everything it's supposed across to be the board the same. Yep. Yeah. And so with that, you know, what, what happens or what you see is I'll be very honest. And I've, I tell people this all the time is like, look, I can't, I don't have the stamina to work as much as the guys do. Like guys are taking OT like left and right, but that's just how I think they're wired. And I yeah. take OT too and all of that. But sometimes I say, you know what guys, I got to tap out or yep. I gotta, I gotta do, you know, I gotta take a break. And at first I think going back to the, well, I think you're mentally part, able to do that. Be like, dude, I want to have fun. I want to enjoy yeah. life. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, Oh, go yeah, ahead. that's the point. Well, you know, you bring up a really good point because I think it's it's a balance. And a lot of the guys, you know, I commend them because they're they're living for their family. They're working their butts off yep. for their family. And like, that's a good thing. And I think what's interesting with that is when like me, I can't carry a 200 pound pipe or whatever like a guy can, but I can get the crane, I can get the forklift and I can do it easy and cut you can the do amount it smarter. of time. <laughs> yeah. So it's the whole smarter, not harder, yeah. but that actually helps the guys. Cause then it's like, yep. they do a double take. Like, how'd you do that? Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, look, well, I'll I show put you. two chain pulls up. I did well, this. But, I got that. Yeah, that's that's where much. I get frustrated with the overall like equality conversation. It's not that I am anti-equality. I am 100%. We, we should be equals in the way that we're paid. We should be equals in, in a lot of aspects. But to sit there and, and where it really goes crazy is in the sports conversation happening now. You know, men and women competing in sports together. I'm sorry, but men and women will never be 100% physical equals. They'll never be on the same mentally, playing field. Well, mentally that. on that capacity. We also won't be equals, and I'm giving that one to the females because females approach things more intelligently. They're more efficient. They're safer. They look at the situation different. It, they do, and so that's where I go. When you look at equal pay, it 100% should be equal pay, but the, the physical attributes of that are not going to look the same. The guy is able to bring the fact that he can work more overtime because he's drawn to that. Down. Yeah, and I can I can be the brute force. <laughs> Meanwhile, the female is the brains of the operation who's able to come in and be very methodical and very safe safety conscious and they're both bringing equal assets to the table. The assets are not the same assets. Some of the yeah. best crews I've actually ever seen are some of the women that've been in the trades for a long time and they took into the supervisory row running four or five men running a crew that way most productive well and that's another aspect yeah is crew i've ever seen as much as it comes off as sounding super sexist and everything a lot of the a lot of the awesome stuff that i've experienced working with females on the job site is they just are naturally attuned to people's emotions and feelings mm -hmm. and so someone's having a shitty ass day frank over there is having a shitty ass day yeah, and every fucking, fucking dick on the job <laughs> is giving him shit and the female picks up on it and goes hey is everything okay like that then he breaks seems, down like a bitch. He's like, <laughs> well, but that seems like me. a trivial thing, but that's actually <laughs> a huge thing. Yeah. You know, the, the fact that every once in a while, the females again, because they think about this shit, well, they would bring in donuts or something got, in the morning, but you got, or they you would got, do something that you got would, two things. There, if though, we have females on every single job, the the suicide rate would go from like what is it five thousand overall guys morale would go up. Well, you go got, down to you like got nothing. two things there though. Men don't open up about feelings at all. Yep. Right. And then you got the trades that don't open up about right. feelings. Double at all. whammy. 
So that's why the suicide rate's been so high. And with this new learning curve with the generations and the women coming through, you're starting to kind of find this more happy balance of a work life, emotional side. And physical side, like everybody's starting to complement one another's skill set. Yep. What What are your thoughts, Liz? So that we're not just mansplaining the trades to you. <laughs> no, no, no. That's fine. I think you guys, I think you guys bring up like really, really good points. And to your question, when you were asking, you know, what's the most challenging thing that I've come across the trades? Um, for me, the most challenging thing growing up in the trades has been uh owning who I am, meaning owning that I'm female, owning that I'm not as strong. Because when I first got into the trades, especially with the way that, you know, my dad kind of like pet me up, I thought I had to be a man mm-hmm. to to succeed. Yeah. And so what that ended up doing was that for me led to exhaustion and burnout. I did the whole grind. I tried work. I like I would work three weeks, 16 hour shifts, have a day off and go back in. And I was like, I'll sleep when I'm dead. And then, you know, that was a, that's a big part of the culture. Yeah. And so it, it took me kind of, you know, kind of getting sick and getting burned out and exhausted where I'm like, crap, like this is my career. I can't just hurt my body in this way. There has to be a better way. I can be able to enjoy it. Right. And so what was interesting about that was that's when I stopped Basically, that's when I started accepting my femininity, for lack of better words, is that like I first of all, I'm a woman. I'm not kidding anybody like everyone can tell I'm a woman. So what am I trying to do using this energy, trying to like hide myself when everyone can see plain as day? Second of all, you know, like there's a few things, you know, you talk about emotional and yeah, that's once a month you guys disappear. Like I'm not working with Liz this week. (laughs) (laughs) There's there's old sexist talk. She's being a bitch today. (laughs) Well, here's the thing, because I was like, Tosh walking around with his mampon in. (laughs) (laughs) I was like deathly afraid of like being called emotional or being called a try hard or a teacher's pet. And that was part of the thing of like, once I owned it, it's like, look, yes, I am a try hard. Yes, I do get emotional. Yes, I am a teacher's pet. That in itself is disarming because if somebody if a guy were to tell me like oh you're such a try hard liz it's like how thank you for noticing yeah yeah and it's like what are you, you know and every single time it's, it's like they have nothing to say yeah and so it goes back again to the rebellious nature of like i'm gonna take the bad and i'm gonna take the most at make the most out of it and from there like i'm gonna turn this like fear and adrenaline and i'm gonna turn it into something positive and so it really comes from like the biggest thing is being authentic and understanding and being confident in who i am what i can and cannot do what i do and do not know and being able to be honest about it and be like you know what i don't know this but i do know that let's collaborate and work together and you know i i think um Uh, what you guys had mentioned where in owning my different traits and I'll call these soft skills because being in a male dominated uh, environment, we focus on a lot of hard things. That's all our conversation revolves around. (laughs) Pretty much. And so one of the things that I wasn't expecting was my soft skills flourishing. So like collaboration, uh, you know, fitting in where I can and the supervisory role, which I've been doing also recently, cause I'm like getting ready for promotion and stuff is Ooh, the supervisory. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the supervisory role really like keeps 
these th- like it, it hones in on these skills, but it's not a bad thing because not at all. you know, it's, it's, you have to take care of your crew. You have to take care of your guys. And I think for me, I realized where I fit in because being young and like being a woman and, you know, these guys have been in the trade for 30 years, 20 years, 25 years. So if I'm in these supervisory roles, I'm not going to go in and be like, I'm the boss and you guys got to listen to me. No, no, no. It's more of like, look, you guys got 30 years in the trades. I need you. I need your help. This needs to get done. How are we going to do this? How are we going to do this? Exactly. And like, I'm happy that you're on the team. I'm happy that you're on the crew. If you need me to vouch for you, you know, in the supervisory role, I'll do it. You know, if you need a harness, I'll get it for you ASAP. So it's, it was, it's more about, like I said, taking those skills that are deemed weak or feminine or feminine as weak and like using those to actually make the workplace better. And when you show up as your authentic self, your coworkers show up differently too, because I'm pretty sure they notice it. Absolutely. So that's how you make the environment better. So it's interesting. You, you talk about collaboration. That's a soft skill that you may have and that you focus on. But by definition, you're changing everyone that you're working with yep. because through collaboration, that's not something that really is is inherent to men. Men are, I'm going to go solve cavemen. this fucking problem. And it, yeah, cavemen. We are fucking mm-hmm. cavemen. Oh, I'm going to oh, go kill yeah. this Big animal. I pick up. And, oh. Yeah. And if yeah. I can't kill animal, I'm, I'm not going to go home and fucking talk about it to anyone else. I'm going to fucking come home with a dead animal yep. versus... You come into the workplace as a female and you go, hey, 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 we can kill this animal together and we will all take it back together and we will all benefit from the kill. And the caveman in this goes, oh, OK, good idea. <laughs> I mean, and- by definition, you're changing the job site with those skills and and for the better. Like mm-hmm. we can we all need more collaboration on these jobs. We all need to stop being arrogant assholes on the job and recognize Fred down there on the graders probably got some pretty good skills that he could pass off to me. If I get over my fucking ego and ask him, how would you go about this problem? But instead I'm down here fucking, you know, spending half the day trying to figure something out, wallowing in the mud, trying to figure it out on my own. You you know, that's just, Mm -hmm. there's so many skills that females bring to the job site that we just don't take advantage of. How can men learn to work with women? Well, that's a great question. So to the point, I have a perfect, I have a perfect example because it it touches upon a lot of points, but one of the biggest things that I learned going into the trades, especially when we talk about egos is like, there was no way that I was going to, I was 22 from the street, young pup. Like, there's no way I'm going to go up to the guys and be like, do it this way. Follow me. Like, that's just, they're not receptive to that. And that's understandable because if somebody did that to me now, I'm like, who are you? Like, what are you talking about? So, So with that and with communication, part of me like as a sense of control for like being in a dangerous environment i needed something to grasp onto and i needed something to take matters into my own hands so when i was working with crews there was times that i would work you would just have crews of like gritty rude gnarly men that nobody liked to work with with bad attitudes and most of the trades yeah, most of the trades, and Boy, that's normal. I feel, I feel like gnarly man is kind of like something I strive for, though. Like, let's I remove mean, gnarly pretty, out of yeah. the verbiage I, 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 I consider mean, myself very gnarly. Yeah. <laughs> I, I strive that's to a be a point. gnarly man. <laughs> I would say 
like, okay, I would say like gritty, <laughs> kind of rough, shoes on. rough. With my toe shoes and my pride <laughs> mat, mug and, and my soon-to-be man bun. You know what, no. I want to be a gnarly <laughs> man. Gnarly, though. <laughs> I, you know what, I, got, I do actually have a, a legitimate question. For me or for or for, for, for Liz? Guess. Okay. For I guess. Not Okay. I know your guys' dumb fucking well, answers. Wow, okay. <laughs> fuck fuck you too, Rick. Right. Space Force. <laughs> <laughs> now, Liz, obviously you've been in the trades for about ten years. How has your perspective on men actually changed? Obviously we're uh, these fucking rough, hate them. Fucking <laughs> Gnarly dudes, and if you ever heard men bicker, it's worse. It's worse than like a woman fight. It like, is. Well, That's I, a thing. I mean, men are okay. So here's the funny thing is that like when I first got in there, like this is no knock on you guys, um, but like wow. when I when I first got Fucking in there, I was come like, on our show and just start gonna, slinging I'm insults. Gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna work. <laughs> yeah, I got all use tampons. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I. I Oh, I'm just going to be very honest, but I, there's a point to this. I promise. But <laughs> do it, um, do it, do when I first got into send. the trades, I was like, I'm going to be working with professionals. And these guys are going to be I'm going to like learn and, Oh my God, you guys are like, guys are one of the biggest gossipers. They're ever. terrible. It's like, oh my it's God. Biggest the, bitches. The trade in is like a bunch of high school girls. Yeah, it's yes, incredible. I was, when I when I, I reached shocked. superintendent, when I reached superintendent's like status, I you had to all I gossip. had to go around the job site. I thought I was going to learn about what the hell they're doing. Are those panels all wired in? Are these yep. you know are these tied in? Is this done? Is this done? No, I wouldn't hear anything about what was actually happening with the project. Yeah. It was just about every single person that's doing something wrong or what you know Larry did after hours or dude what, I was working like, on a fucking seventy five million dollar yeah. road job with Dan's yeah and I go around the corner I'm like why the fuck is he down here on this crew? Oh mm -hmm. well so and so said something rude and I told him fuck you I'm not working with you anymore yeah. so I made the foreman <laughs> send me down here and I'm like how oh. fucking old are you? You're a forty eight year old man. The best one mm -hmm. I ever had we were we we're on a pipe crew. It's like Desperate Housewives. It but is construction yes. edition. We we were on a pipe crew, and these two dudes were laborers, and they always worked together. The one day I come in, Mark wasn't there no more. He was on the other crew, and I'm like, Ooh. "Why isn't Mark Ooh. here no more?" He's like, "He's fucking my wife." Oh, oh! So the hostility starts building up. Yeah. So then I awkwardly start tiptoeing over to Mark, kind of like, "Hey, how's the day going? What do you?" Well, I already know what you've been up to, so... How's Mark's <laughs> wife? Yeah. <laughs> How's her breakfast? <laughs> Guys are a bunch of bitches, but you you walk up to a woman, how was your weekend? Would you like a sandwich? Like, it's a completely <laughs> yeah. different yeah. conversation. Yeah. Like, do you want some help with that? Yeah. You know, and these dudes are just sitting there, like, loaded, it's, waiting. It's so fucking <laughs> bad. Waiting it was, to fucking... Well, I would Chat. say it is Gossip Queens 101. Well, and not only I will that say, though, like, if I may, like, uh, you know, to that point, though, you, it opened up my eyes because on the same vein, there's like, you know, the gossipy. But you guys are yeah. guys are some of the most hardworking, loving. They are there. They're in the crappy rain and, the you know, for their families and for their kids. And I was looking around at one point and I was like, damn, I'm really jealous. Like, I want a guy, you know, to Doing be this for like me. that for me. Yeah. yeah. And so there is, I, you know, I love the guys, you know, because there's so much. I, this thing about like men are bad is just so skewed because yeah. 
guys are awesome and we need them and there's a role that they play and they work hard and they sacrifice like make them a damn sandwich like he's been through like a lot of things like stop you know like it is okay to do that and there's nothing wrong with it i think you so, need to be a counselor for a lot of <laughs> women out there married yes and men or at this point honestly a hard-working man i will or, say or well a man they, that's with a hard-working woman. It's actually fun, though, to hear her kind of side of yeah. the conversation. Yeah, it's amazing. Most, it's- most females that are involved with somebody else, they understand the long hours, but they yep. don't understand what they're actually going through. Yeah. They just they yeah. leave in the dark. They come back in the dark. You're never home. They're bitching. They're not happy. Mm-hmm. They go on their road trips. They're like, hey, honey, I built this. and My wife had a work. That was not an interpretation of the way my wife sounds. I want to make that no. very clear. That's just a generic <laughs> yeah, wife. Yeah, whatever, Brian. A generic a wife. Yeah, I just got yeah, got to maintain the homestead My wife's here. not like that either. She's involved. <laughs> like, she understands it yeah. all. But a lot, a but lot of people a in the industry... You see it yes. on the job versus... And, and even for our wives, I would argue, Rick, even for our wives... Oh, yeah. There's a huge difference between what they hear about at home yep. and what they envision the day being... Mm-hmm. Versus what you and I actually go out there and fucking face all the time. Oh yeah, there's a huge disconnect yeah. there, it's and you tough. don't. Yeah, and you don't understand it until you're on that job. Yep. So, mm-hmm. um, man, fuck, there was a, you know, man, I had a really good point. On a lot just, of it, you don't man, even want to bring home. It's gone. You just no. leave it at the door. You do. You the do. The second you walk in, Absolutely. you take your shoes off and you're yep. like, fuck, sh- I don't want to talk about it anymore. The, and sometimes the, the, the you want to hear about it, you're like, I don't want to talk about oh, it. Oh, I remember what I was gonna say. The, the other thing that, that has taught me about the trades, there were there are two things that I learned about grown-ass men when I came into the trades. First is, like you, like we just talked about, most of them are a bunch of high school fucking girls when it oh, comes yeah. to gossip and drama. Yeah. But then the flip side of it is, it it was incredible to me that it was the, the hardest, crustiest, sourest guys on the fucking job. You Some sit of the down softest, with them. Nicest guys. You sit down with them and yes. have lunch, and it turns out they're the biggest fucking softies. They got two yes. daughters or grandkids, <laughs> and it's the highlight of their day. They pull out that fucking old ass fucking jitterbug phone with the font yeah. as huge as you can read it, and they got pictures all over. Or, and they're or just you, doting. or you watch the guys that just they forgot their lunch or didn't have money, and everybody these chips big burly in. guys start yeah. throwing money Fuck or food. Yeah. You're like, ah, oh, we don't want. It. Next thing you know, you're over there scarfing fucking food with and, them. And a lot of times, it's the two guys that were fucking bickering 20 yeah. minutes ago, like schoolgirls, mm-hmm. are are now the ones sharing their lunch together. Now, yeah. so I, to your point too, like you know, going back to it about like working with, um, you know, the the gruff guys and everything. That's 100 percent true. And you know, you were asking about um, how can men work with women better in the trades. And I think the big one is like communication, but truly, I think I I'll speak from a women's standpoint. Like, so for me, I knew like, I wasn't going to be able to like crack that, that hard shell by just being like, Hey, how's it going guys? Like I had to prove my, I had to show, prove my stripes basically earn my stripes. And so for me, the biggest thing in fostering communication is people think that you have to talk about like social life or pander or things like that. But when I would know that I would have to walk into a crew and it's like, Oh, here I go. Like I'm working with the rudest, most like no one wants to work with crew. I would just, again, go with that fear and use that to like get a leg up. So I would walk in 
I would set my stuff down. I'd go up to the head guy, like the foreman or whoever's, you know, lead. And I'd be like, hey, Bob, you know, like, what are we working on today? And they would kind of just look at me like, what the heck? And I'm like, yeah, you know, like, I know we're, you, we have an outage and we need isolation. Like, what are we going to tackle first? Are we going to isolate the turbine first? Or, yep. you know, I got notes on this. I have notes on that, you know. And they'll tell me, they'll be like, oh, actually, we're going to isolate the auxiliary systems. And I'm like, okay, I don't have notes on that, but I have a book on this. And so they would kind of look at me a little bit in awe, like, what the heck? But then somebody they would do work their fucking homework. Yeah. They would, they would work with me and yep. they would tell me, like, oh, no, you know, don't listen to this book, look at this write up or this routine. And so by me, like, I would be scared of getting yelled at because no one really would do go up to the supervisor or the lead and ask that. But like, I couldn't just sit there like being wait, being like waiting to be told or waiting to be yelled at. So I would go and confront it. And I wasn't expecting this. But in my confrontation, of course, very like politely and professionally, what what would happen was after I would do that over and over and over again, they started seeing me as like, Oh, Liz is asking questions or I'm going to work with Liz today. She's probably going to ask me. So they would, they would be ready for me and they would be willing and open. So now I'm working with a crew full of like tough guys and they're working with me when everybody else is getting yelled at by them. And so, or when everybody else is avoiding them. So in other people be like them being avoided, like, those guys would probably be sitting on gold or on information that would be useful to me as an apprentice. And then, so I would take that with me and use it to like promote. And just by talking about the job and sticking to professionalism in that way is what fostered that communication. And some people might think like, Oh, you're, you're, you're thinking too much or controlling or whatever, but no, it was just, I want to get a leg up and let's do some good work. And I'm going to put myself in the fire and risk getting yelled at, but I never got yelled at because they were always like, what the heck? Like they were always a little bit disarmed. So that in itself, it's not about like, Oh, you should listen to me and you should do what I say. It's like, what are we going to work on today? And I think I was listening to, I forgot, but it was one of your podcasts and it might've been Matt that had asked like, you know, what do you, you talk about? Like, what do you say to a woman? Cause a woman walks in and it's like, I don't know. Oh no, woman. Like, do I say this? Do I not say this? And tread lightly, tread lightly. But the truth is, is like, I think people get again, a little bit uh, sidetracked because the truth is, is that while you guys are nervous, I'm nervous too. Like, I don't want to say something that may open the door. Yeah, exactly. So like, I don't want (laughs) to say something that turns into an awkward thing. So the best thing you can do is stick to talking about the trade. Yep. Talk about what you're going to do task today. At hand. The task at hand. And in there, you're communicating. In there, you're building a rapport. In there, you don't have to worry about saying something wrong because you're literally talking about the job. Yep. And then as time permits or time continues, you then you kind of have a little... Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So the communication, a lot of people start pointing fingers of like, you need to do better and you need to listen. But what are you doing to change that? I think you we need to sign up for like a relationship person. life coach. <laughs> Matt can use a couple pieces of advice. Oh, Why don't you now. listen to this next week? <laughs> <laughs> now, I, I do actually have a question for you, though. How has the trades actually changed your perspective in life? 
Oh my gosh. Like it is the best school of life I could have ever asked for. Um, everything that like I'm talking about now, I truly believe can, it applies to everything. So I, before I started in the trades, I was scared of everything. I was just, I was raised to like be a good girl, to follow the status quo, to, you know, I, it's my dad and my brothers. So I was like the only girl and you have to watch out for everything. And while I still do obviously have to watch out cause you just live in the world, yeah. like that's normal. Um, it's, it's really allowed me to have this like sense of freedom and joy. Cause like I can just like what you said, the, the guys don't scare me. I'm not going to put myself in situations like I'm still self-aware, but it, there's um, there's like a rapport in just my daily living where I can talk to people and it's easy and I can see the humanness behind it. Yep. Yeah. It's not like, oh, this guy's like super tatted or super scary. It's more like, hey, dude, like what's going on or how's your day going? So it's, yeah. it's a lot more like low maintenance and chill. I, d- I will say that. So well and said. that's not even. uh. I would argue that particular aspect isn't even just a female thing because I would say I, I kind of had that same uh, understanding that came with time because I came from, you know, I'm originally from Texas, very conservative. You don't see a lot of guys with full arm sleeve tattoos. You don't see a bunch of shit with piercings everywhere. And and so, you That's know, because the real men are still in Texas, bud. <laughs> just saying <laughs> well so being from texas all i get is you know what's from texas is steers and queers at least you know the phrase but you just said all the real men are in texas correct <laughs> you, yeah, that's correct. Do, do you hear hey, do you hear he's coming saying, to a roadblock no uh, well do no, you no. hear that he's he's no. saying that all the real men are in texas but they're also all the gay men yeah. hey, this is listen. coming from the guy that claims not listen. to be gay every episode listen what's on your cup what hey, kind of cup you got? Hey, look, this I'm I, look. Hang I'm on, proudly, just, proudly just sit there and go Texas proud. Rick's, Rick's Show it to the camera, buddy. Well, yeah. exactly. The, the <laughs> yeah. man who invented dick docking, the one that's got is telling me all the real cup. men are in Texas, but they're all queers. <laughs> what is wrong with dick docking? <laughs> <laughs> so. It, anyway, where I was uh, going with that is, uh, you know, kind of the same thing. You you absolutely. You make a judgment call when you see someone with a shitload of tattoos and piercings. You're oh, yeah. like, oh, that guy's that guy's lived a rough life. Well, hang on. Back in the day before tattoos really became a thing and piercings really became a thing, society didn't accept Absolutely. that. There, there's that aspect. But now these days, like someone fully tattooed out, whatever, eh, you might kind of judgmental for two seconds. A little bit yeah. until you talk to them. But I don't I don't feel that. That's necessarily the way it is anymore. Well, but I would say, for me at least, uh, the trades was a big part of that. Is because we are all the guys that wanted to get tattoos and piercings, and we weren't going to make it in the fucking banking industry. And so you start sitting down, and every day is a common occurrence of meeting some new tatted up guy with a bunch of fucking piercings, and you go, oh, he's just an everyday fucking guy just like I am. (laughs) He just made different decisions. And so I, I do feel like the trades does kind of teach a lot of overall really beneficial life lessons on on making snap judgments on people and and, and one of those in particular is you know and we've already talked about it the amount of intelligence in the trades it's the, so easy mm-hmm. to come into the trades and There's go some of the smartest people that guy sitting yes. there in that fucking grater with the crusty yellow wife beater and the overalls mm-hmm. like that guy doesn't know shit 
And it turns out that guy's one of the smartest motherfuckers on the job. Yep. And he's one of the best mentors on the job. And he dresses that way because he doesn't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. That's his comfort. That's that's, that's his yeah. That's his outfit, and he's owned that. It's not that he doesn't wash the shirt. It's he's been wearing it for the past fifteen fucking years, running that grater. The the great <laughs> the greatest thing really about all the trades though is, all right, yeah, we have some code books, and that's due to failure, and we have some rules and laws, and that's because now we got to implement and put it in place from back in the day. It didn't yep. work, so now we're changing things. But really, overall, there's no rule book. There's no play like you have an idea these guys are changing on the fly yeah that moment coming up with the ideas going well this will work Mm -hmm. that won't work you go get the guy right out of college and they're like well it should work on paper let me go get my book book. (laughs) yes let me look it up on youtube we need literature and then (laughs) then they walk in they walk in they're like well well how are we going to fix this the guy's like let me show you bud sit right down and Dude, I've been fighting that do. whole fucking mentality since I got out of college. When I got in the trades, yeah. oh fuck, how are we gonna how are we gonna do this? And someone's like, well, if we duct tape this to this, it'll probably work. And I'm yep. like, that's fucking genius. And I never would have thought of that. <laughs> I mean, I mean, now yes. duct tape fi- fixes social, everything. Social media has helped a lot on a lot of other platforms of sure. learning curves and Google and YouTube and all that, which is great. But before that, there was no playbook. Yeah. That's true. Mm-hmm. It so, was an educated decision. So, Liz, man. I want to divert a little bit. We've we've mm-hmm. talked about your job, but we haven't really talked about your skill set. And I would imagine, with what you have described here tonight, you've got a pretty fucking diverse skill set. You're you're probably dealing with electrical, with plumbing. You're doing high pressure steam, steam boiler systems. Like, t- tell what us a bit your about skill your skill set. Yeah, so um, our skill set is definitely very diverse. Um, it can go from like fabrication and like actual like machining to like PLC computer programming and like programming the logic. Wow. So to like give you a little bit of a layout, so you have like for example, you have the engine, what we call the unit, and then you have oh, the control yeah. room. Oh yeah, the unit. So the, <laughs> yeah, the unit. Sorry, we, we had to put a little sweat and grime in there. <laughs> Yeah, Um, you are the unit, Brian. That's where you would have played the porn up sound effect there, Rick. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, sorry, Liz. We we went on a little detour. No, that's okay. Um, Yes, so you have the unit, and um, you have the control room. So you know the operator is operating with the horseshoe type thing. So basically, from the control room to the actual unit itself, we have a lot of systems in between. So you have sounds like a man. <laughs> you have the computers and the like HMI and the PLCs, the brain of it, where you know the operators operate. You have the wiring. You have the actual like devices or the hardware of the network. Um, you have the instruments themselves. So you've got like pressure sensors, temperature sensors control valves and actuators like sensing elements so actual like devices and then you have like the electrical in between and the electrical troubleshooting so we use like a lot of you know or process meters to troubleshoot if something's working or not um and yeah i mean there's sensors the cool thing about it is like one of our units we have that was built in like 1949 so you have old, Holy old technology. Shit. Super old infrastructure. Yeah, super old. 
And then you have stuff that was built in like the 1990s and like newer. So a lot of the fun part about it is like, for example, the old unit upgrading it from the old to the new and you kind of get this like Frankenstein monster type thing and yeah um, <laughs> so really wait, 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 wait. Really go full sweat and grind one of the most <laughs> exciting parts of your job is, is comparing units. units and upgrading units <laughs> <laughs> You started getting a six-year-old unit. Swipe bitches, get a new unit. It, did you hear? It's still going. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. That old never unit, stop. baby. Don't It'll underestimate it. It may take her a bit to get up to speed, it's but like my God, she'll go all night long. And we didn't need some sweet talking, but it's all right. It'll go. Yell at it like it's a microphone. Love at it. <laughs> Jesus, man, Jesus. So, is that really? Do you kind of have specializations? Because that seems like a tremendous to go from. That was a lot. Yeah, to go from troubleshooting lot, yeah. an electrical problem over here with an actuator to programming physical code so that it works appropriately. Like that is a huge spread of a skill set. Are you are mm -hmm. you expected to do all of it, or do you kind of specialize? Uh, no, you're kind of, it's a little bit of both. So wow. you are expected to do all of it. It is part of like, so the no, job she's a python, she's an electrician, she's an IT guy, yeah, she's a like, this boiler is, maker. So she's are you a, dealing with like actual networks as well? Like computer networks? Um, so we do, yeah, like computer oh, networks, like we have fuck. like computer, uh, it's like ignition is what we call it. Um, right, yep. but I will say though, like, uh, cause we have like continuous emissions monitoring too. So like what we call SEMs and analyzers. So there's that aspect of it too. Um, but you know, truthfully, like when you're in with that much diverse stuff, um, I, you, you kind of learn what you're good at and you learn what you can ask for help with. Yep, yeah. And because it's such a broad spectrum, um, we all kind of come together and like help each other out. So it's not like you're expected to do everything, but there's no way that I would be able to learn everything or do Look, everything imagine on my signing own. up for this application. It just what? says, yeah. you got to know everything. everything. It's like, what I just want to know fuck? what happens when you do fuck up. Yeah, so I've, you know, we've fucked up where, like, we've tripped units. So, you know, you think about, like, this giant generator that's plugged into the grid, and all of a sudden, you pull the wrong wire, and it's like, everything goes quiet. And you're Ooh. like, ah. That's when you hear about, uh, you're not charging your electric cars today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's a brownout well, I mean, throughout California. Have you, so let's be <laughs> honest here. Have you been in that situation? Um, I personally have not, but I have been, um, part, on crew of and it. off shift <laughs> on shift. Yeah. And so here's the thing with, and the beauty of it is that like, you know, we all make mistakes, even on high stakes like this, where sure. you're plugged into the grid. People and so are people. what really, really is important and it's always sucky is to say, I did it. You know, yeah. I did it. I, I, it was my bad. And just my bad, guys. I know you half of California just went on a blackout. Valuable experience. My bad. Like, I'm not going to do this. Not yeah. Yeah. again. Won't do it again, guys. Swear to God. So, it was an earthquake again. Yeah. Oh, fuck. I accidentally <laughs> did it again. <laughs> Oops. Yeah. Sometimes, I mean, there's been people that have tripped it. You know, the joke is, is, you know, you trip it twice and you're ready for a promotion and stuff. Oh, but. there you go. <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, like, you know, for me, I've, I've burned out pumps and, you know, I've left stuff running, especially like in the beginning. Now I don't do it, but 
at the same time, it's like you walk in a crew and it's like, you know what you did. And I'm like, what did I do? And it's like, fuck, I did that. Uh, yes, I did it, guys. I'm sorry. Yeah. You know, like just owning it. And with that, a lot of the times, you know, people think like they have to hide it or they try to get out of it. And it just makes it worse. It yeah. does. So it's just like rip the bandaid off, own yep. it. And people give you mercy because like they've been in it before, too. It's yeah. far more respectable to own your mistake than it is mm -hmm. to try to weasel out of it and then get caught trying to weasel out of oh, it. It's yeah. just fucking... Yeah. You I mean, expedite the problem. Let's go full sexist. Be a fucking man and own mm -hmm. it. Most men yep. won't. Most, nope. And that's the argue. thing. Most men won't. No, Most men go. won't man up. I don't, I don't know nothing about that. <laughs> yeah. I would argue, too, it's, like, dangerous, at least in my line of work, because, like... And that was the other thing, too, about, like, leaving your ego at the door. Like, honesty is... It's life and death. Like you, because somebody's to coming in there honest. after you clock out yes. to finish your task, and yeah. if they don't and know, if you do it yeah. wrong. It's like a booby trap waiting to happen. Yep. So it's like you, you, you make mistakes, and you may not realize it in that moment. Like somebody may catch your mistakes, and it's not ideal. But if you lie about it, you are now dangerous because yeah. it's like now we can't trust you. What else? Now have we have to double check that we're your about work. To find. Yeah. Yeah. And like, oh, I'm going to have to work with this guy. There is that reputation where it's like, okay, now we know who the guys are. Cause again, to put it in the context of like, this could be your life or your limb, that really makes it serious. So the honesty is really the best policy. Yeah. See, I think that's where men go. That could be my life or my limb. Hey, let me go get Matt down the road and come on over here and put yeah. this together. Yep. Where's that apprentice? Yeah. He needs, yeah. he needs to learn some education yeah. here. Yeah. I'm going to teach you something. I and you're going to be my fingers at the apprentice today. <laughs> now, and then that's the thing, too, with like the apprentice that I'll add is that like part of me kind of getting a leg up and being like, hey, what are we going to do today? I used to joke with my supervisors of like, you say jump, I say how high, like I got to go in a confined space. Okay. And I'm not saying like doing it like without thinking about the safety, like absolutely think about the safety. Mm -hmm. But when you're an apprentice and you're willing to be like, all right, like, let's do it. Okay. You know, in the danger, in the thing, at least wanting to do it. It, I think it causes the journey level guys to be like, whoa, you know, kind of looking at you differently. So yeah, that's yeah. how you can find your stripes too. So yeah. what kind of confined space uh, areas are you getting into? And what's the kind of the, what's the craziest story that you mm -hmm. have to share with us? Or freaking city rats or homeless <laughs> people. Like, is there an underground world that people live in old infrastructure? The leech rats. Well, where are you going with this? I was so, I was thinking job related, <laughs> and you're on a fucking. Pat's going full well, porn. Like dystopian so future. <laughs> some places that are under the freaking city that you don't even know about. Where yeah. are the mole people? <laughs> That's what I'm trying to figure out. He's here. They're leeching out. <laughs> I mean, I will say, so my job is more like plant related. So I'm in a site and I stay there. There are guys like line, line the linemen who they're in vaults and they are, they do have to deal with that stuff. But yeah. for me personally, like, gosh, I've been inside the boiler. I've been in the turbine. I've been in oil tanks. I've been in like chemical tanks, ox boilers. So it's basically like one of the perks of being the small guy on the crew is like, hey, Liz, you can fit. Go right on in. And I would say Go like roll the around craziest, with asbestos. I, I would pretty, not pretty couch much. that as a perk personally. I know. That was a sarcasm. <laughs> that was a knock of sarcasm. Yeah, so, that was, um, I caught it. <laughs> that was dry sarcasm. Okay, but good. I will say <laughs> like the craziest thing happened somewhat recently where like I had a 
I had to work in uh, an oil container or oil reservoir. And the way it was set up, there was no actual airflow going into it. So obviously we have to get our um, meter and check for like gases and put in air and make sure we have airflow. So when I was going in there, I didn't notice that the ducting for that airfoil had popped out. So I was in the reservoir, luckily, like with the with the meter, with the O2 sensor. But what happened was I was having trouble getting something loose and I was moving a lot and like breathing very heavily. All of a sudden the meter goes off and I look and I'm like, oh, my God, like there's no airfoil in here. I would have not have known. I would I would probably just have passed out. I was so deep into like trying to break something loose that like I didn't see I didn't realize that there was no air. So the moment that like I got up, um, I got up and I got out, I could feel the air come back. But wow. I, I, you yeah. know, th- there was like a Mythbusters thing about what happens if you have low oxygen. The people don't notice. Yep. And so it's a very like tricky thing. So that was the craziest thing because that meter like literally saved my life yeah. because I did not notice the airfoil. No, so, that's what we call now. learning curve, hang baby. Hang on a second. Yeah. You're telling me them confined space procedures exist for a reason? Yeah, exactly. The no, we are the trainable retarded <laughs> in the dirt world because we're that's like, if you listen to the meter, like, oh, the thing's just. Well, I was about to say, yes. in the dirt world, we're like, oh, that's a live sanitary. I'll be fine. We'll mm-hmm. jump down there real quick. Yeah, Boom. just a couple minutes. Yeah, just fine. It's fine. Yeah, well, till, till you don't come back up. We had uh, recently, like last year, we had a lineman die because he. You're supposed to. They work hot. And you're supposed to check like hot, dead, hot. And there's procedures and everything, but he just was mine not on task. And he did hot, dead, hot. But he, once he like, he he checked it, he looked away. And then when he was going to land a wire, he landed in the wrong spot and he he got electrocuted. Mm. So, you know, at least, you know, in my area, I'm like, you know what? I'm not even going to let that happen. Like, yeah. we have those procedures for a reason. And yep. in my line, like, they always say, you know, they're written in blood because yes. they've, yep. you know, it, it happens through accidents. Yeah. I, I will yeah. say safety for whatever reason. I don't know what it is about being a man. Safety is one of those things that it always comes down to. Is my penis getting smaller yes. because I put on safety glasses? <laughs> no, yes. it's, they come complacent with the years of experience. Well, but the they problem is everybody else on through. the job site judges you as if your penis got smaller because you decided to put in ear, like earplugs. My yeah. God, when I put in mm-hmm. earplugs, everyone's like, what's wrong with you, pussy? Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. say it a little louder. I can't hear you, Jeff. <laughs> like, come on. Like, there's a reason we do these yeah. things. And yet, there is still that stigma that you're the bitch on the crew if you actually put on safety glasses and, and ear some, some people just dust mask, like, aren't going to abide by it, dude. They're just not going just to. Bitch, they Todd. don't give a fuck. You're a bitch. No. I keep calling Todd a bitch. And then you run into them later on, on uh, 20 years down the road, and all of a sudden they got all these issues. Well, that's the thing is it's it's mm-hmm. a lot of long-term health risks yeah. that, that really, if you want to throw it back and you really want to have the conversation, it's the... You are the trainable retarded. If you're sitting here saying, I shouldn't wear this yep. shit because it's cancer, it's hearing loss, it's loss of vision over the next five to ten years. Or you get the guy that had multiple close calls, scars, battle wounds, and they do wear the That's PPE. why I use the yeah. safety squints now. I mean, 
it's it's just the way the world is. It is. It's not going to change. It's bad but, in the trades, But man. The, the nice thing is about it, though, there, you watch so many videos and the... Shake hands with danger. Exactly. Yeah. Everything, everything's right there. And I think it's now starting to get more put in perspective when they're like, hey, now because everyone has these phones, let me pull this video up and show you what can happen. And people are starting to grasp the concept of going, mm, you know, I could fuck up. Yeah. I tell you, one of the biggest ones that, that always amazes me are the guys cutting concrete with cutoff saws. Nah. Exactly. They're all right. Exactly. So, so first thing I'm going to do, without a doubt, I'm going to throw in earplugs, and I'm going to put on a fucking mask. Yeah, but we're not going to add water to the saw because we don't. You well, know, but we don't I, even, do that. Not even with the earplugs and the fucking mask, I can't tell you the number of times that a guy was like, "Fuck it, you don't need that shit." I'm like, dude, do you have any idea? What is happening to your lungs in this very moment as you tell me what a man you are? What like, happens when uh, you're a fucking idiot? You mix water with uh, silica. It's not good. Well, it's, it's your lung tissue yeah. with the silica. Yep. Like you're putting microscope billions of microscopic razor yeah. blades in Scarring your lungs. The shit out of you. And you're good with it? Okay, that's your choice. But you got you got X amount of people that are always going to go that route. The you're trainable not, retarded. Yeah, you're not going to mm-hmm. train it out of them. That's you're, not going to happen. You're really dropping the ball in sound effects tonight. I'm not fucking around the uh, board. Clearly, <laughs> like we need someone else in that seat. She's ruined the board. We're not we're not oh, running the board I, today. No, no, no. no. We no. could absolutely pull sound oh, effects. No. Our, our commentary is out the door, but by God, we could use sound effects. <laughs> I could I could put on some mood music. You know I've already switched it to music. Liz, I'm just going to apologize because Rick is is using you as an excuse for his laziness running the board. That's, that's, <laughs> that's really okay. what's happening here. <laughs> Being a true man. I'm a man. Yeah. So I man say. up and own it. Hey, bitch, if you want to run the board, come and get it. You sat in the comfortable <laughs> board running chair. Now I'm stuck over here. I just didn't feel like running the board tonight. I got the music down. Oh, no. This guy. This guy. You I'm know. sorry we're half-assing your episode, Liz. You know what? You well, can- we went full send. Yeah. yeah. This, this, you like, can complain to Rick. Yeah, but you got to think about it. We got to have some sort of a train wreck on the episode. I'll take the heat. It's all right. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> now, Liz, if you could give any advice, though, to men or women getting into the trades or think about getting into the trades. And split those, please. Give what? us some advice for men. What would on it be? behalf of women, but also give some women some really sound advice. On getting into the trade? Yeah, Absolutely. getting in, yeah, getting in, what, what to expect, yeah. how, yeah. Yeah, so um, I would say for women, I would say one like if you want to be in the trades or if it's a calling, 100% go for it. Um, for women, you know, we talk about like the quote unquote feminist and all of that. Like the trades is awesome because like I said, you get economic independence you get benefits uh you can cut your you can save money and go to a trade school versus a four-year college so you're already like leveling yourself up if you're a parent you have a stable job with uh again benefits for not just you but for your kids if you need structure and you know you're coming off of the street really you don't need much background to like begin an apprenticeship so for women, like it's such a huge boost. We're yeah. talking about like women's empowerment. So one of the pet peeves, because I've ha- I've tried to tell my friends, like you should join, and they're like, I could never do what you do. And I'm like, Have you seen me? Like I look the way I look, and I'm doing it. So yep. I never took that as an excuse. Um, I would say what to expect is 
pretty much, you know, know the environment that you're going to go into. It is a gritty environment. It mm-hmm. is tough. It is challenging. It can be scary, but it's so rewarding because I, I say, and I stand by this, like I would not have learned what I learned in college. Yep. Like I, Absolutely. you know, it, you I went to been school the hard knocks. I, yeah. And I think, I think truly that's where we are because so many people are going to college and graduating that employers, I know for me, like I'm looking for somebody with experience. I want somebody who knows it instead of like, oh, well, let me look at this book on how we're going to fix it. I want somebody who's kind of had a background. Um, so the school of hard knocks, I think is the, now the off beaten road because mm-hmm. everybody else has gone to college. So if you're a woman and you're thinking about it or, you know, definitely check it out. There's so many things you can do. It's not like, it's just this hard manual labor. Like there's so many places that you can fit yourself into. Yeah. And then, um, for the guys, you know, like, I don't know, no one's ever really asked me that question as far as the guys go, but I think the same thing, like I would say, you know, the truth is, is I would say like celebrate yourselves more to be honest, because (laughs) like what we talked about, like they're some of the smartest people I know the most loving they the stigma of the blue collar worker is like he's dumb and he's low class and he doesn't know and he's dirty but truthfully that couldn't be more further from the truth because I've met some like executive white collar that are the weirdest people ever where I'm like you really don't know like what you're talking about and so like it it allows you to kind of see through the bullshit. And so for the guys, I think I, I, some of the criticisms that I've heard just from like looking into the trades and being around the environment is like, I guess this idea of like professionalism. Yeah. And so, you know, when I hire a plumber, there is like a difference. Like if I'm living by myself and I hire a plumber, I really don't want to see your butt crack, Yeah. but that's not like a bad thing. It's more of a, it's keeping the guys on their toes. Yep. Well, hang on a second here. The standard I, I, hang like on a second. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> hang on. First, I got to stop it there. If you were going to hire a plumber and Greg Johnson showed up to your door, what kind of plumber <laughs> do you think you're getting? I mean, I, I don't know. Like, I would want to. Here's the thing. I should say, like. I would probably be getting a good plumber, but it's like, can you lift up your pants? I'm not saying Greg. <laughs> well, well, then hang on a second. Hang on a second now. <laughs> what if I manicured and waxed my butt crack? Would that make it? I mean, would that, is that <laughs> any more? Okay. That's better. Got a okay, it's, uh, thank you. Thank you. The man with the pride should, mug can, can show his butt crack. Shows his tramp stamp. Absolutely. Well, Cause it shows you care though. Yeah. You know, like yeah, I there's, take a, there's pride a difference in between like, crack. you got out of bed. If I was a plumber, I'd wear a thong. <laughs> Just saying. Only I mean, if at you least Rick's, Rick's going to be changing your garbage disposal with his G-string. Hanging out. I mean, if you, if you think about it, their ass is always hanging out. So yeah. why not make Showcase it more appealing? It. Yeah, yeah. yeah if absolutely. it's going to stand out, exactly. make it stand like out. Like the king of the whale tails. Yeah, stamp that shit out. <laughs> so I mean, I you know, I I don't mean that as like a as like a hard knock. It's just more of like the point yeah. of like. You know the up in the ante on standards, but like taking pride in it because because you guys are smart. Like the guys are smart, and and to see that like ripple throughout the trade yep. is the advice I would give. So yeah. on that note, uh, because you're touching on it, and I'm just gonna go full send. 
Do you mm-hmm. find yourself working on on these giant turbines uh, in a bikini top with titties just hanging out everywhere? <laughs> is that something oh you my find? God. Because Instagram <laughs> has shown me that that is what I should expect from females in the trades. Yep. Is, is that there's just titties everywhere? <laughs> you know, it's kind of someone asked yourself. me that question before too, and they've asked me if like Don't is that body shaming? Hurt? Yeah, no, they've asked me that question, and they've also asked. Uh, you know, is that hurting the women's empowerment or is that helping? And I will tell you this, like if there's a picture of, of like, if I see a picture of that, I automatically think caricature. There is no way I would not be wearing my PPE around sharp, jagged metal object objects that could like scratch me and hurt me. So like, but it got you, you a million likes though. <laughs> but you know, I mean, yeah, but like, is that really like they're getting the likes, but I'm keeping yeah. the power on. Correct. So it's like, what is really like, what is true and what is real? You yeah. mean like, to the tell me. That you've never used your cleavage as a pop wrench. No, I've got like layers and layers of FR clothing on because I, you know, I don't want to get hurt. We don't want to brand that shit. That's that's one thing that just drives me absolutely yeah. nuts. Is we we have true hardworking professionals in the oh, in yeah. the trades that are trying to progress women in the trades, and then there's this whole other side of the industry that's like, no, I'm gonna full send, put this giant piece of copper between my yeah, cleavage but you got men and women doing it right you got the dudes that are just ripped six-pack tattoos showing everything we're not talking about my only fans rick i know <laughs> and, then, and then you got the women like you said showing their body yeah. at the trade but there's the difference between the people that are actually true professional mm-hmm. tradesmen and women and then all those that take it down to different rooms. correct yeah that's yeah, they, they're like, making money on only fans yeah exactly so but power truly to them. Till they yeah, fucking like, zap themselves and die. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, it's kind of laughable because, you know, being in the trades, you know, that's not true. Like, you know, that's not the real thing. So the people in the trades know. And I think the beauty of like these conversations is like it gives insight to what is real. And truly, I just kind of see the other stuff like those bikini pics and everything. It's just kind of laughable and part of the noise. It's not yeah. really where I'm What's at. What's happening? Well, yeah, but that does, and I and I will say this: this is this is one area that has driven me nuts about some of the females I've experienced in the trades. In my mind, there are two distinct females that go into the trades. There are females like you and Colleen, and and a lot of the females that I've met through Crew Collab, which we need to give a shout out to Crew Collab because that's yeah, kind of what brought this whole thing together. If you are interested in promoting the trades, getting more people into the trades. Look up Crew Collab. The Crew Collab. The Crew Collab on Instagram and all the social media. That is a great resource to get involved to spread word of the trades. And that is how Liz found us and, and kind of got hooked in with us. So I do want to give them a plug. But there are true professionals that want to be tradespeople. Yep. And then there are the girls that thought, oh, well, this is an industry full of men. I can use my titties to get promotions and get wherever I want to go. And I will say 100%, if you show up onto a job site promoting your body as a way to promote yourself, you will only be taken at face value of you are a body. Yep. Yes. And not a brain. But what you have mentioned and that is stuck out over and over again on this podcast tonight is if you show up and you put out the production, it doesn't matter what the fuck you say. You showed up and you put out the work yep. and people will respect you for that. It it's doesn't honorable. matter what your gender is. Very honorable. 
So, so with that being said, Liz, uh, this has been, you truly have elevated the podcast tonight. We, we have <laughs> went to a different this, level this than is, we even this expected. This is the maturest podcast I think we've done in probably Month? like months. <laughs> so, we need to grow up. So thank you for coming on the show. It has been an Bring absolute. Bring us back down to earth. Yeah, It has no. been an absolute pleasure, but I do have to ask you, and you can mm-hmm. take this however you want it. What is your purpose? Um, so I think I have two purposes. Um, my first, like my dream, one of my dreams is to be a mom. Like I want to be a mom, stay at home mom, all of that. How old are you? Um, 31. Okay. Yeah. And the second purpose, I think I'm truly like meant to be a healer. Um, and I think that plays out in the trade (sighs) because it's the whole thing of shifting perspective. So like we're, I'm literally like in through my actions, and through surprising people because they underestimated me, it changes their mind about what a working relationship between men and women look like. Yeah. And I think the more I do that, I'm, you know, spreading my purpose on the world. So love it. Yeah, that was great answers. That, well, I was about to say we asked that to men and we get a very one dimensional answer. And, and yet again, Liz proving She's superior to all of us. What females bring to the trades, you get this multi-dimensional answer. (laughs) It's beautiful. (laughs) I love it. But we'll end it it with this. Mm -hmm. If you could change anything, what would your dream job be? And I think you may have just answered that, but re-answer that question. Yes. So my dream job, and I'm working on it, is, you know, I love the trades and I want to level up though. And my dream job would be to be like a, a business owner. I would love right. to own like electrical plumbing construction businesses awesome. because in that way I'm like affecting the community, yep. you know, with different practices and diff- different ways of doing business. So that's my dream. And I think that just furthers the whole healing purpose because now you're seeing it play out in communities. I, I do love the way you think about that and the way you phrase it, because mm-hmm. so many guys would answer that. I want to start a business. Because so I want to make money. I want to own it. I want to make money. Mm-hmm. And your response is helping. People. I want to help people <laughs> like that is <laughs> it's it really shows a lot about your character, the way you have responded to a lot of the things tonight and a lot of the things that we've thrown at you tonight. It, it, and I want to thank you for bringing us back to our, you know, 40 year old self instead of our 14 year old self. I'm 39. <laughs> All right. I mean, there's a place. Yeah. Still but don't yes, have a chance, Rick. <laughs> I ain't dating you, bud. I'm married. No, I'm, that's, you know, our guest. Jesus. I'm just saying, our guest is taken. Oh, still. Nah. Our, our audience, a- Andrew, she is taken. That's yep. true. You if, can't if swipe you right to, on her. Yeah, if you need to worry about anyone, it's Andrew Ruggiero out there Andrew swiping, swiping bitches. bitches. <laughs> oh, that guy was a train wreck, but great. So have we earned at this point, have we earned the honor of being able to call you Lizzie? Yes, one hundred percent. Awesome. This was so much fun. Lizzie, Lily, thank you. It was a pleasure. Thank you, you so much for coming on. This has been awesome. It's been inspirational. It's been educational. This has been great. Thank you so much for having me and for this opportunity. I appreciate it. Absolutely. So that being said, thank you all to the audience for listening along. But more importantly, on Instagram, on Facebook, on YouTube, YouTube, baby, we are live with video of your podcast. We are live with video. So check us out on YouTube. And if you guys would like to help support the show, we now officially have a PayPal set up. And I would love to tell you the link to that PayPal tonight, 
but it's kind of shifting. And so I will have to get back with you. <laughs> but go check it out because we're about to have the website with the PayPal link on it probably within the next week, actually. Believe it or not. Right. I'm No, I am here to the point. Next year. Next week. <laughs> so that being said, thank you guys as you, always Brian. for listening. We love you guys. Thanks, Izzy. Catch you next week. <laughs> Peace. Thanks.